are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, from the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined with my, by my friend and co-host, Ryan Tracy, of the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Ryan, we got a lot to talk about today. There were some surprises in week one. We talked about some of those games. We'll get into that in the first segment. But before we do, we have to give a shout out to our sponsor, Visa. Visa is, is, is one of our great sponsors. They, they're, they're asking you to help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community, because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, and the official partner of the NFL. So, Ryan, let's get to talking here because I'll lead off with this. Our game of the weekend was Niners versus the Cardinals. The Niners were hosting the Cardinals, the NFC champions, and an upset happened. Kyler Murray and then beat the Niners. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, first and foremost, I've been covering my team for what, going on 10 years now, and the mm -hmm. NFL a little bit longer. It's, it's a little sad how giddy I was just to see Sunday football. So I was happy with all the games. But I will say, I thought the fact that we chose to talk about a game last week that ended up being the game of the week, in my opinion, rather than what was normal, you know, I thought that was really telling. And I thought it was a great contest back and forth. Kyler certainly stood out. The, the team, I think, on the Niners got a little bit caught off guard. But, you know, we picked them to win. But I'm not going to hold that against us. I thought on paper it looked pretty good. And good for the, the Cardinals. I think that's going to be a really interesting division now. It certainly is. And we talked about this NFC West being loaded. And guess what? What's, what's really crazy is that the team that we were picking to be at the top is the only team that suffered a loss. The Rams beat the Cowboys. The, the Seahawks were able to beat the Falcons. And the Cardinals beat, beat, beat the Niners. So the Niners are 0-1 while the rest of the division is 1-0, which is kind of crazy to think about. But the Niners are also suffering some setbacks right now. Richard Sherman has a strained, has a strained calf. He's put on injured reserve and is out for at least three weeks. The team is trying to make moves to, to bring up depth at cornerback. Greg Kittle has said to, from Adam Schefter he's expected to not practice at all this week. And whether or not he'll play against the Jets is in doubt. Now, the Jets are a team that has a lot of their own problems, and I still expect the Niners to win. But, you know, this, this stumbling out the gates here, Ryan, this catches me off guard as a person who was looking at the Niners as one of the powerhouses of the NFC. Yeah, and those injuries are going to be a concern going forward. But uh, Sherman's temporary, right? Three weeks, not the yeah. longer designation or anything like that. Kittle, we're going to have to see. I thought he looked good that the fact that he got up and got off the field, so more power to him. I can't see anything really concerns me long term from them, but it might be a rough road for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it could be. Now, again, I think they really benefit from playing the Jets this week of all. <laughs> well, because the Jets, I mean, they are just. Adam Gase is not a coach that I've ever had confidence in, whether he was in Miami or New York. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's been put on injured reserve for a pole, for, for some hamstring issues. Frank Gore. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so Frank Gore is coming up to bat for the New York Jets. His son is playing in college, man. Like, there's a real chance that he could be playing in, in the NFL when his son gets drafted, if his son gets that far. And that, I am 100% here for it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Frank Gore. 
sure. He's just, just he's the he's the undeniable truth. He's just gonna keep <laughs> being there, or the inconvenient truth. Uh, you know, he's gonna keep being there for you. But um, other surprises that caught you off guard in, in week one. Uh, you know, Ryan. You know, everyone does fantasy football, but people were trying to pick out who for the Rams, sticking with the NFC West here would stand out at running back? Would it be Daryl Henderson, who was picked in two drafts ago? Would it be Cam Akers, who was picked in last draft? It was neither. It was Malcolm Brown. And now everyone's like, what do I expect from the Rams running backs? So I thought that was pretty crazy as well. That that was another surprise for me. It was one for me as well. And I think expectation with the Rams backfield is now a big question mark. Yeah, just throw it at me. It was a couple of throwbacks. Um, uh, Benny Snell getting out there because Connor got injured again. I know you covered them. Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things. But for me, it was Adrian Peterson. Like, oh, to go through this process, un- end up in Detroit for, you know, like six and a half hours and then do what he did, I was pretty impressed. Oh, absolutely. Adrian Peterson is one of the best athletes, I think, of my generation of just watching football. He may not be – you know, you may be able to say there's better running backs or better players, but – I think few people are just as physically strong and as fast as he has been in his career. If, if you watch his youngest days, Ryan, I remember watching when he was with the Vikings and on top of all the yards and the broken tackles and the touchdowns he was putting up. If you watch his tape back in those days, you saw whenever he would get tackled, if he wasn't put in the, like, the most awkward position, he would never get up with his arms. He would always just use his legs. He just put one foot out, step and then use that foot to just propel him up and that's how his body would get up and someone told me that and I looked at it I'm like that don't look that hard and then I laid on the ground and tried to get up with with my feet and I was like okay this is impossible how do you do this and I was just like that's 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 another reason why I'm never going to the NFL um but uh you know look at it that I'm like geez like this guy he's he's an amazing athlete so to see him doing with the Lions um that was that was impressive but another surprise I had was from that game DeAndre Swift he dropped the game-winning touchdown pass but the fact that the, the Bears came back, I think it was 23-6 to six at one point, and Mitchell Trubisky was able to lead them in a comeback and, and get a big win for the Bears, that also caught me off guard. I was a little surprised by that as well, especially the way that it happened. Kudos to Anthony Miller and, and especially to Matt Nagy. I thought that took some wherewithal to go through what you did the first, what, three quarters and then make that happen. I agree. I agree. That was, that was a good rallying point for the Bears um and, and in division they're one and oh tied with the packers uh the the vikings and the lions both zero and one there well, g- give us uh, before we cut to our first break i just want to hear anything else that you saw that surprised you across the league something that stood out to you and you said man that's crazy you know it's just a little bit of a more diverse run attack in general i think this is mm. You could be seeing the beginning of the pendulum swinging backward as more and more defense are playing nickel and dime as their base, and you're seeing lighter boxes across the league. There are going to be teams that are going to try to take advantage of that, not necessarily the old school way running eye formation and that kind of stuff. But I think you're going to see, at least to begin the season, a little bit of an adaptation to try to get the ball in the hands of your backs. No, I agree. I think that that's going to be um, that, that's going to be a certainly a challenge, and just how people try to attack attack the running game this year. There's you're seeing lots of different types of running backs. You're leading, and you're seeing some of the big names. You know, Joe Mixon didn't put up a huge day for the Bengals in a game where I thought they were going to try and run the ball more with him uh, to ease the pressure off of Joe Burrow. And but other teams are like like the Rams are finding different ways to win. The Steelers brought in Benny Snell after James Conner really didn't do anything and then got hurt, and then Benny Snell rushes for his first hundred yard game in his career. Lots of different things in the running game um but uh th- those were our surprises for week for week one 
we're gonna we're gonna talk about week two things in the last segment. But before we cut to our first break, we gotta talk to you about our our great sponsor, CBDMD. Ryan, take it away. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable chair talking into a microphone like I do. Everyone needs to, to support to get through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles, joints, etc., and it's a convenient and easy-to-use or even shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you support that you need when it matters most. And once again, it's cbdmd.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Again, that's cbdmd.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for 25% off your, your, your products of CBD oil products from CBDMD. We're going to cut to one more break and be back after this. Lot to talk about as we take a look at the history of this league with the announcement of the Hall of Fame eligible class and a little glimpse because I was really impressed with the guy we're going to talk about in the third segment in Joe Burrow and maybe you could see eventually being on a list like this but a lot of first year eligibles really stand out to me. Uh, both uh, wide receivers, only one quarterback, which I think is really interesting, along with some defensive backs that really are at the heart of what happened with their teams at the time. For me, obviously Peyton Manning is at the top of the class for a reason. Uh, you're not surprised by that in any way, right? Not, not at all. Peyton Manning, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He, he to me, of the first-year eligibles, he is the automatic notch he's getting in. Yeah, there's no reason not to. The history stands for itself. But then it gets a little bit interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel for the offensive linemen. Brickshaw Ferguson, Logan Mankins, it's a long road for offensive linemen every yeah. year, every time. I mean, it's not like they're a wide receiver, but still, there are wide receivers in this group. <laughs> Roddy, Wellswike, and Megatron. Calvin Johnson is in this class. I kind of lean towards he should get in. Do you? My only thing with Calvin Johnson is that when you're talking about, you know, everyone always asks when you make the Hall of Fame, can you tell the story of the NFL without this player? And, and I'm kind of like, you could because he played for the Lions, but at the same time, he was like one of the best receivers in the NFL when he was there. He cut his he cut his career short. I think Calvin Johnson is a guy who's going to definitely get in soon. But like you said, with receivers, I just I don't know because the the barometer seems weird. I think Randy Moss had to wait a year. Terrell Owens had to wait a couple years. Now, granted, Terrell Owens was a different case because he's you know a lot of people didn't like him. But he's even been. like Chris Carter, who's considered one of the you know one of the greatest possession receivers of all time also I'm not him but I am him so we're just going to take that credit um <laughs> but uh but Chris Carter one of the greatest possession receivers of all time he waited five years to get in and, and, and it's just like I don't know what the barometer of for receivers is to get into the pro football hall of fame would he be on mine absolutely I, I'd put I'd put him in there because I think he's one of the best I just don't know if he'll make it just because of it but uh but Charles Woodson to me I think of the, of the guys that are first eligible, it's Charles Woodson and Peyton Manning. Funny enough, they were in the same Heisman Trophy class and the same draft class when they were in playing in college. So it's, it's just it's kind of crazy how those two have walked hand in hand through their careers. It really is. And to see that pair just progress through not just the college ranks, but all the evolution. And they both went through some trying times and some things that they had to overcome in their careers in the NFL to see them both parallel. That's interesting, and I, I'm with you. I think Charles Woodson should go in, too. And just one more comment on Megatron before I forget. You can't 
maybe you could tell the story of the NFL in his era without him. But close your eyes and remember the day that Barry went. What happened to that franchise, a 32nd of the league, after Barry? It's all Calvin Johnson. So that kind of shades my thinking as well. I understand that. No, I agree with that. One other guy that stands out to me, Jared Allen. What's your take on him? I like Jared Allen. I think he's eventually going to get in, but I just I think there's a lot of other guys that are already deserving that should be considered. And we can talk about that in the rest of this segment. Um, just other other people on both sides of the ball who have also made their names over their entire career. Jared Allen was a spectacular athlete, and I think he's, he's – like I said, he's going to be in in a few years. I just don't know if, if he's – you know, first, not off the bat, right? Right. Not first yeah. ballot. Like when you think first ballot, ballot defenders, you think Ray Lewis, you think Ed Reed, you think Troy Polamalu, you think, you think those type of legendary game breakers. Uh, and part of it may be just, unfortunately, Jared Allen didn't play on championship teams and you didn't get to see him have those great moments. But at the same time, you know, I, I you also look at it and it's kind of just like, yeah, it, just, it doesn't click the same way as those other names. Yeah, that's true. And there is quite a slew of, of additional nominees that we could go through. Oh, yeah. A couple of names that stand out, uh, say the running back spot. And I'm a sucker for a fullback, so I'm going to go Mike Allstott. Oh, boy. If, if you remember those days, can you think of a scarier thing to have to do than try to run at him and bring him down? I mean, I would, I would be a little more scared of Jerome Bettis because Brian Erlacher got his world rocked by that dude. But Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike Allstott – uh, was, was one of the baddest dudes. I'll tell you in a funnier comp version of the conversation. In NFL Street 2, Mike Allstott might have been the most unstoppable football video game character. People always say Mike Vick in, in Madden 2004, but I just remember trying to tackle Mike Allstott in the game, and I hated it. And in real life, I'm sure a lot of people hated it because he just ran. He was big. He was, he was always just moving forward. Um, certainly one of those best power fullback guys that played in the mo- in this modern era of football where you've seen the fullback position just kind of devalued over the years as the NFL moves to passing game and single back formations. So, I mean, he's definitely a good throwback pick there um, as far as that. I'd also, I'd also be looking at other players like Eddie George, Jamal Lewis, guys that were, you know, that, that had, you know, shorter careers, like five or six year runs, but still were just extremely dominant at the running back position. Herschel Walker is also named there. Fred Taylor, another name that's named there. Um, You know, so I, I, Mike Allstott should be considered. Absolutely. I just, I don't know if he should get in ahead of some of those other running back names, which is another, I mean, the Hall of Fame class is just so competitive every year. Yeah. And it's funny because it is so, accolade heavy when you look at say the defensive side of it there's a lot of names out there that played a lot of snaps that helped their teams to championships to long runs of playoff streaks anybody stand out to you on the defensive side that you think just really ought to get a shot this year well on the defensive side you know you got you got to look at, at different names you know legendary guys for the patriots willie mcginnis to teddy bruschi i think those guys are eventually going to get in. i don't know if they'll get in this year but you know in the cornerback position Eric Allen's a guy who's been waiting for quite some time Rondé Barber's there we talked about Charles Woodson you, you also got to got to look at people like Asante Samuels Bob Sanders Troy Vincent Darren Woodson I, I think the cornerback position is all is always stacked up there especially the safety position John Lynch is there I don't think John Lynch should get in you know ahead of those guys you know there's the Rodney Harrison's of, of the world that's there um the Steelers when you know one of the first year nominees is Joey Porter I don't think that Joey is a guy that'll get in for if he if he does get it it will be a long time it's just there's just way too many Steelers pass rushers and, and there's there's already been a Steelers bias against bringing them in and 
all the things that Steelers have to do to get into the to Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it, it took Lynn Swan and John Stallworth forever to get their, to get their names in there. So I, I think that Joey Porter, Heinz Ward, Heath Miller, all those guys I have to wait. I think Alan Fanica, um, I, I, have, I have a good source that says Alan Fanica is going to be part of this new class. Like, like he was this close next last time, and it was kind of just a given like, hey, he's not getting in this time. We're going to include him next time. But, I mean, I mean there's so many of those Patriot defenders because, you know, I just said Rodney Harrison, Teddy Bruschi, Willie, Willie McGinnis, Richard Seymour's on this list too. It, it's kind of crazy. We're starting to see that group in. Um, but I, I would also be remiss if I didn't announce another Steelers guy that's on the first <laughs> time, Casey Hampton, the nose tackle for the team. Um, he was a really good player. I don't think Casey's ever going to get in, but that guy was a was a power uh, run stopping guy, and he was he was a huge part of the Steelers defense for about 10, 11, 12 years. That brought in several eras of great run stopping defensive fronts, and part of some of the greatest defenses that we've seen in the modern era of football. The last one that stands out to me is honestly brings up a question for me and all the Hall of Fame voters that I've spoken to over the years like to say that they're able to keep everything on the straight and narrow between the yellow lines. But yeah. this guy in particular, having started in Tampa, won championships, been very much a leader on that original team, came to Denver, another huge leader. Now he's running a franchise that he's turned around and gotten to a Super Bowl. My question to you, do you think the success as a GM for John Lynch actually blends in with his success on the field and, and helps him move maybe not this season, but ahead of where he might have gone in eventually? I mean, maybe. I, uh, I just I, – to me, I, like, when I think back to that era, I think as John Lynch as a very good safety but not a great safety. Like, he's one of those guys that I would, I would have a, no problem him waiting quite some time. Like, I would put in Asante Samuel above him. I would, I would you know, I, I'd put him a, a, a slightly above the Bob Sanders – of the NFL. I mean, his time as a, as a GM, I mean, po politically wise amongst when you're talking amongst people and those voters, he's going to have more connections to help him with those votes. So I think that will play a factor in it. I just don't know if it will this year. Um, and I don't think it should because when you still have all these other defensive backs and, and just even defensive backs who I yeah. think were extreme talents. I mean, er Eric Allen to me, I remember him with the, the Eagles and the Raiders just being a, a supreme talent on the outside. Rodney Harrison. I mean, you got so many guys, with a lot of those Patriots Super Bowl rings, um, and, and you got other guys with Super Bowl rings that were part of serious, uh, you know, teams and dynasties. I, I would I would lean to them before I go to John Lynch, even though he was part of a legendary defense in that 2002 Bucks team. Yeah, I, I'm with you there too. I think it'll take a little bit of time, but I'll be interested to see just how long. Now, coming up next, folks, we're going to get into this matchup for Thursday Night Football. But this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with a condensed game. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We'll be back here on the Locked On NFL Thursday edition 
previewing some Thursday night football. And we're back here with the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined my friend and co-host, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, it's Thursday night football. We talked about it last week. Your Chiefs pulled it out. But now it's the Battle of Ohio, the Battle of Orange teams, the Battle of 0-1 AFC North squads. That's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, To me, this is a must-win game for the Browns. If they don't get it done, 0-2, and there's a lot of questions to be asked, especially of uh, Baker Mayfield, the franchise quarterback, who really struggled against the Ravens last week. Yeah, there'll be a lot of questions of a lot of guys that don't like to answer questions. That's going to be the problem. I, I, I tended to like what the front office did over the offseason, putting together some talent, making some interesting decisions in the draft. I thought, in general, maybe they were going to be able to put this together. Certainly week one didn't indicate that, but maybe they can get it turned around because the alternative is, I think, quite frankly, a possible meltdown. And I think at the head of it has to be the quarterbacks, right? When you look at this matchup, it's not far-fetched I mean I probably did over the top with Joe Burrow earlier in the show but he outplayed Baker Mayfield in week one the first time he was on an NFL field that's an issue and I think that's something that's got to start from the top down coaching staff to the quarterback to everybody else if they can do that maybe they'll be all right but do you have faith they can I think they have they still have the talent and the thing is um uh the thing is with uh you know with with the with the Browns is that they're facing the Bengals, another team that doesn't have a strong foundation. You know, the Browns, even when the Browns add all the talent that they add, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., you can keep adding big names if you want. I still think there's problems with the organization itself. The Bengals, I think, go through a similar thing. They have they, they, you know, their, their problems are organization-wise and just showing things. Now, Zach Taylor's the new coach. Maybe he's going to fix things, and maybe Kevin Stefanski will for the Browns as well. But I still have those questions, and I think that with – you know, a second-year head coach, a rookie quarterback making his second start, an offensive line that's crumbling and left Joe Burrow under pressure all last Sunday. Lots of questions, and those play into the favor of what the Browns' defense does well. You got Miles Garrett. You got Ogun Uh I, I, I think I just messed that guy's name up. But the <laughs> point being, they bring the heat, and that's where I still see an advantage for the Browns to take claim in this game. But if they don't, I'm still – I'm going to be like, oh, that, that's a problem. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, there are some bright spots over in Cincinnati. I think the quarterbacks won. Um, A.J. Green, despite not um, getting that little toe tap, you know, the, the call that usually would go to a veteran. But I think they're in trouble, too, because if, if you're the Browns and you want to settle down, I think what they showed you is they're, they're willing to run. They're willing to bring it back. And they got good production out of both their backs. I'm a little surprised, honestly, that Nick Chubb got fewer carries than Kareem Hunt did. But he put up six yards of carry. And if you are a team that's, that's struggling, that's in peril right now, do you just put your head down, down and, and try to batter this team in front of you? Um, I mean, you, 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 you stick to your keys and you try to read what's going on. When you're, when you're in that situation, it's tough, because, it's tough when you don't have the foundation. But one thing is that when you, when you, when you, if you're going to believe in the system and the team that, you, that, that you're on, you got to trust what your coaches are telling you. you got to stick to what the game plan is and focus on what you're doing to beat your opponent. It put put your head down in that. Now, b- battering your opponent, I mean, I, I think we're, we're speaking the same language here, just saying different words. But the – the bottom line is you, you, when, when things are going wrong, just focus more on what you can do right. And eventually you have to hope that if you do, what, if you do what's right and you lead by example, other people will follow by example. And I think that that's where 
both of these teams need to find some answers to dig out a big win here. And both have good weapons. This is going to be a battle of two of my favorite running backs to watch in the NFL right now in Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Both are extremely athletic. They run really well. I want to see how they do when they set up the game against each other because I felt the Browns' best chance was when Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were rolling and letting and got them going before uh, and, uh, David and Joku caught the only touchdown they scored on the day. Uh, and then they weren't able to get back to that running game. They need to be able to do that against these Bengals. They do. And, and I'll take it a step further. We've heard about this offense emphasizing the, the two tight end sets. Five catches between the two, Hooper and, and Joku. They have to go where the, the path takes them. And I think they got to focus on those two guys. Obviously, Jarvis and Odell are, are going to do what they do. But if you can force feed it, get yourselves, especially in play action with those backs, given what they did last week, I think that's a recipe to get them off on the right foot and they can expand from there. On the other side, I think you really have to emphasize what you have in the ability in the receiving core. I don't think they got enough targets, particularly at Tyler Boyd. He's a guy that I would look to get the ball to a lot more often. Pittsburgh's own from Clareton Strong, Tyler <laughs> Boyd. Yeah, you got to uh, get the ball to that young man more. He's a dangerous dude. But no, on all seriousness, yeah, get the ball, the ball to Tyler Boyd um, and, and let him work for you. I think that he's, uh, you know, I think that he's got that potential. You know, I, um, you know when, when, I, when I look at that, I just, I see that, yeah, Joe Burrow, trust your team. You got people um, that can, that, that, that you can count on to get things done. Um, and you, you got receivers that, that, that you can count on. So, um, he has to learn that kind of trust. And again, Ryan, and we said this last week, but this is a situation where you got, where he didn't have a mini camp, a rookie camp, a real training camp. He didn't have a preseason. He's figuring all this out in the middle of week one. That's, that's, a, that's a tall order. So um, it's easy for us to sit back here and say, hey, hey, Joe Burrow, just, just, just trust your guys. But it's tough to build that trust in the middle of, a heat, uh, middle of the season when the, when the pressure's on and people are coming at you. Uh, and uh, you're seeing those kind of pressures. I agree. And, you know, when you look at the matchups from last week, yes, Cleveland was dealing with the Baltimore Ravens. That's a very tall order. The Los Angeles Chargers are not the same caliber team. I think they're pretty good, but I, I would not put them in the same stratosphere with the Ravens. So, for me, while the, the Bengals' performance was a little bit, I think, more progressive and might give you a little more ray of hope, I think at the end of the day that this division is going to bounce around a lot, and I don't expect the Cleveland Browns to allow themselves to go down 0-2. I'm going to take them probably 17-14 in a game that still sputters and starts, but I think they'll get it done. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the Browns. I'm, I'm going to just say that they're going to get it done um, because I, I really think that they still have the talent to win games like this. The, the Ravens are – um, the Ravens are a, a you know a, a, a well-oiled machine like the Steelers are when it comes to their organization. You know, even when they're having their down years, you see the semblance of what they're trying to put together and the way they try to play football. Um, so, when you're a team like the Browns trying to re-identify yourself and your fourth coach in three years, that that's a tall order, and that's why I picked against them. And I was just like, that's that's not going to happen. But in this game, when you're going up against another team that's going through similar problems, that's where I think that hey. Maybe your talent shines through and, and ekes out things for you. But I know this, they better come correct. Because if, if, this, if this loss happens, I'm picking the Browns to win. But if they do not, my goodness, is there going to be controversy? Uh, I think there's more talk. There's already rumors floating around that they're shopping Odell Beckham Jr. After he, after he, dropped, after he dropped several passes and was looking like a number two wide receiver. Um, but when you look at that, you're just like, man, uh, you got to get it done. 
But I, I do think the Browns have the ammunition to, to get it done. Well, I think it's going to be a great contest, and let's hope that we don't have to talk about this next week. So, folks, we're going to leave you with that information. Hope you enjoy Thursday Night Football. It's been really great getting into the flow. Please check out the rest of the show. All new hosts all week long, and we all have our own perspectives. Chris, I appreciate all of your insight and running this thing today. Absolutely, man. From Chris Carter, Ryan Tracy, hope you have a great Thursday. We'll catch you next week.